Hello, healthy family. Coaches Ashley and Monica here back with another episode of The Healthy Life. And I'll tell you what, Monica, I'm tired. Are you tired? (laughs) Because I'm tired. (laughs) I am exhausted. And I don't think it's just the weather outside. I know we were just talking about it's rainy, it's dreary, but I think I'm just tired. I know we talked about establishing routines a few episodes back and I'm still struggling a little bit with establishing my new routine. But because of that, I am just so tired. I'm also overworked. So it's making me a little bit sick and sniffly, but man, I've even been hearing it in the member meetings that everyone is just tired. Maybe they were just so overfilled with joy and happiness. And now I hope that's what it is, at least for everybody, because I would say our summer was pretty good too. Maybe we're just reeling from that. And now it's like, okay, back to business. We have to get back in that routine. And yeah, no amount of coffee is getting rid of this tired or sleep. I mean, I guess sleep would be the number one thing. (laughs) But uh, yeah. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Just tired. I, so we're today's Tuesday reporting on a Tuesday. I know usually these episodes come out around Thursday, but I was thinking myself, I don't know, mid-morning today, like this is the most Mondayest Tuesday ever. I just feel like I can't catch up. <laughs> oh my goodness. I feel the same way. I was just on a work call and they're like, doesn't it feel like a Thursday? And I said, no, I feel like it's Monday. I don't know how y'all are getting that, but I feel like the week is just beginning and there's so much to do. Exactly, exactly. But hopefully um, we kick into gear here soon, whether it's today or tomorrow. Maybe we'll be in it by Friday. <laughs> Every day is a new day to just start again. I'm just going to take it, not even day by day, minute by minute, and hopefully get some energy here soon. (laughs) I'll pray that for all of us. (laughs) So for today's topic, I wanted to talk about different stages of life, um, specifically like wellness through those stages or wellness through the ages, you can say, and navigating health, whether it be our health in general, or maybe it's um, challenges in health. I really wanted to talk about how we can navigate through all of this, through the different stages of life. Because when you think about it, health isn't a static concept. For my people who loved English and literature in high school, we talked about static and dynamic characters. And health is not static. It's not just a one-liner or a flat-liner. It's dynamic. It changes over time, just like a dynamic character in a book. They change, you know? And, you know, these... Health and wellness throughout your different stages of life, whether you're in your youth or in your golden years or anything in between, all of these health factors in your life can change due to things like your age, your lifestyle, even environmental influences. And so to me, it would make sense that that would mean that our approach to health would also change over time as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like even a lot of you that are listening right now, you you may be thinking, I've been on my weight loss journey or my wellness journey for a long time. Uh, For some of us, it started at a young age. And the way that I thought about my journey and how I wanted to move forward and really focus on my nutrition, that didn't come into play into my adult years. 
you know, I have talked about this in my story that I was someone that was made fun of as a kid for being overweight. And this started in the sixth grade, um, actually in the second grade, but it really got bad in the sixth grade with a lot of bullying. And in my youth, my my parents did put me on different plans and things like that. Um, I was a, a WW kid and that's because that's what my mom was doing and my grandmother was doing. But it's not something that I wanted to do for myself or that I understood from that age. And I think some of us do understand that whether or not your parents had you on some type of program, there's a chance that you watched your mom or your dad or your grandmother, whoever, um, struggle with their weight. And that transitioned over to you and your mindset. But you didn't really start to make the changes until you were in a stage of life, whether high school or going off to college, where you could control those things around you. So I'm really excited for today's topic because Wellness does change through the ages. You don't look at things through the same lens um, as you get older. Absolutely. And I mean, and that's not just with health and wellness. I think that's in life in general, almost everything in life. As you age, as you grow more accustomed to things changing, as you get more mature and seasoned in life in general, you start looking at things in a different way. And that does not have to be negative. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. I I would say in most cases, it would be a very good thing that you start adapting and changing to the things that are changing in your environment, especially with health and wellness. You mentioned watching your parents and with seeing them go through that when you were a child. I also grew up with my mother trying to do that. And so from a fairly early age, I was also introduced to the world of needing to be healthier or mm-hmm. back when standards weren't quite so classy, you know, skinny, you had to be skinny, you know, that was the thing. And I think that put a negative image in my mind because at a very early age, I think I remember from the earliest time of being eight years old, wondering about my body and mm-hmm. if why I couldn't fit in the same clothes some of these other kids were fitting in. And so when you start that early, that that youthful stage, I think it can give us such a negative outlook, especially just on our bodies and health in general. And what it should be is in the stage of youth, it should be only revolving around building like a stronger foundation. I don't think it should be body image issues and and having to choose these much healthier foods over the things that my friends are eating or your friends are eating. I wish and hope that it could be for those kids, not even kids, but maybe teenagers or like you said, college life. I would still consider that your youth. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, Yeah. And I think that that should revolve around just building a natural, like strong foundation, whether it's just decently exercising or not even actively exercising, but just being more active in general or just balanced nutrition, you know, knowing the difference between what is going to fill me up in a better way than some of these other things that I could be choosing, especially in college life. I know that that is super difficult. <laughs> yes, <laughs> eating a bunch of Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, in your youth, it, it really should just be about establishing a sense of identity and self-esteem. We're also in our youth trying to self-discover. We're trying to discover ourselves and who we are and build who we want to be. And that's where we want to be laying that groundwork for a lifelong path of just overall health and wellness and nutrition. Yeah. And and if if y'all did not listen to last week's episode on the ripple effect, I highly suggest that you go back and listen because this ties very well into that and in that the youth, whether you're eight years old or 18, you are still a sponge and you are soaking up your surroundings. And so as an older generation, you should be pouring into them and not wanting them to go through some of the same things that you went through in your youth. And the youth of today is not the same as when we were younger. Um, I only- A different brief. 
Yes, I was only in front of the TV, you know, maybe for a few hours, maybe even an hour after school or um, for Saturday morning cartoons or things like that. But now with the age of technology, they're on video games all day, every day. You have access to technology. And so going outside and naturally moving your body. I know for us, like I grew up with don't come inside until the streetlights are about to turn on. And we were just outside running super active kids. And while I did still deal with a little bit of um, food and body insecurity that was projected on me from other kids around me, uh, I was still an active kid. I was in a lot of sports. And I think that in this day and age, to really um, show the youth that get involved in something that you like, whether it's an athletic sport event or robotics club, something that's going to get you from in front of your computer. And I know that that for you, you you want to be a shining example for your daughters. And you've talked about getting together in the kitchen and cooking and there's no good or bad foods. There's just making decisions about the different foods. And I think that youth, and like you said, even in college, that's still youth. Like that's your first time you're really on your own. And I know for me, I moved to New York out of right out of high school. And that was my first time being on my own and making decisions for myself about what food I was going to eat. Did I want to do any activities to move my body? What does that look like? And we want to give them the best advantage that we can as someone who's a little bit older or wiser and to show that you can do this, but you don't have to have this negative body image or this negative connotation with food. You just need to be aware of the things that you're putting in your body, whether it is the food that you eat or the drinks that you drink or the media that you're consuming and the words that you're allowing to infest your body. You really should be thinking about this overall so that our youth do not become adults that are so obsessed with their body image that now they're in the same cycle that we've all been in, including some of the listeners for years and years and years. You are so right. We never want that to be a constant rotation of negative or bad habits. Um, That's where you use these youthful years as starting those building blocks. Like I said earlier, laying that groundwork so that you're not constantly going back to it later on. And I will say when we're talking about children, just real quick. Obviously, when COVID happened, it was it, it was just a crazy time. Many would describe it as a very negative thing. And, and of course, it impacted a lot of us negatively. But one of the things that um, my oldest daughter's school did, because they couldn't go into the school and they still needed to participate in their classes like art and gym and music, is um, they gave us some activities that, to do with our kids that were fun, that didn't really seem like exercises, but were more like games so that they could quote unquote participate in gym class, but still have fun, but also get that activity in. And it made me think that this stuff could really lay the groundwork for getting kids to realize, okay, sitting on my butt all day playing video games or watching TV or anything like that, I do feel like I need to get up and move. Uh, there's this app called Go Noodle, I think, and they have so many mm-hmm. cute, like dance, yeah, dances and games and stuff. Um, my daughter and I even made a rule over the summer because she is a super big video gamer. And she also... <laughs> And like I was talking to Monica earlier about that, but she also knows that she can't sit around all day because it's just not good for her body. She stands up and she realizes, wow, I am sore. My neck hurts, my eyes hurt. And so she'll come out here and do stretches with me every so often throughout the summer and stuff. And just so seeing her make that decision for herself, like after we initially talked about it, but her doing that on her own makes me feel good that she is taking care of her youth so that her future self can be also taken care of. And I love seeing that. Yes, absolutely. And you know, on the flip side that there are, and and this will kind of go as we start to transition into the adulthood years, but 
on on the other side of that, there's some of us and and maybe some of you listeners as well that you were very active in your youth, whether you played sports from a young age up until you graduated college or maybe even high school, you were very active. And then you start to transition into these adult years and you're working a sedentary job or you can't or you're not you're no longer involved in a school sport or any type of intramural activities and now you're having to figure out how to rewire your brain because i've seen so many people who were high school or college athletes and they were in great shape their nutrition was in was under control because they had a nutritionist on campus and then it's like oh my goodness, the real world is here. I have to deal with this on my own. What do I do? Which is why it's so important that when you have those avenues as a student athlete or whatever the case may be, that you're tapping into that in your youth where you have all of this opportunity, all of these resources, all of this energy to move your body and and have all of these resources and you're learning and you're continuing to be that sponge so that once you get out of that environment, that's sort of your bubble, that you can transition into your adulthood and not feel like, oh my goodness, I went from someone who had great nutrition, great exercise, great health. And now as an adult, I don't know how to do it on my own. Exactly. And and you're right. That brings us right into transitioning into adulthood. Like you just said, you know, maybe you were very active in your youth and you had this nice foundation, but bam, all of a sudden you're an adult. You've been thrown into your career. Maybe you have a sedentary job. Maybe you've got a family or you're starting a family and all of these responsibilities just start increasing on you. And all of a sudden you feel like you don't have time for yourself. You don't have time for maybe your nutrition or your activity. I understand that things like your wellness can begin to be challenged by time constraints. You know, the stress of your job and balancing your personal life with your professional life. It all can be a huge struggle. But when you begin to prioritize your self-care, it's going to become essential during this phase because you're going to start realizing, I may no longer have the time that I used to, but I'm still me. I'm still living this life and I still have the rest of my adulthood and beyond to keep doing this and be better for myself. Absolutely. And at the beginning of your adulthood stage, that's when you really should work on some of those building blocks that are going to set you up for success for the rest of your life. We we talk about this all the time that this journey is for life. It's not just for a few years and it's over. When you hit maintenance mode, it's still for life. And so getting those building blocks established at the beginning is really important because I know that you mentioned your career or additional responsibilities, but also finances. When you're in your youth and you're going all the way up through college years, now this is not for everyone, but for some people, you're not thinking about finances. Your only job and your only financial obligation is to go to school and be a student and to work on your your grades and your health. That's it. And you're not having to worry about the gym membership because if you're in college, you already have a a gym on campus that you're paying for. And you're not having to worry about, um, you know, a lot of food because maybe you have a dining plan or you and your friends get together and cook family meals. And you're having to figure out now, how do I budget for myself and self-care? How do I budget for my food? And how do I budget for the gym? And those are all things that I am a firm believer you should establish at the beginning of your adulthood years. If I could go back in time, man, oh man, would I have done that. And I wouldn't have worried so much about other things that I couldn't control. 
And I don't think that it would have taken me so long to kick my butt into gear for my journey if I would have established those building blocks at the very beginning of my adulthood years. I think you hit a nerve with me there. It's to stop worrying about what you can't control. That is major because that is something just now in my 30s that I am realizing maybe within the last year or so that there is no point in wasting time worrying about the things that are quite literally completely out of my control. And if that's something that we can adopt here in this adult stage of life, wouldn't that be so amazing? <laughs> yes. I, mean, I know that it's easier said than done. But um, yeah, so that, that might have been a little side rant. But I just think that that's important in this stage in general, because if you can stop worrying about the things that are out of your control and start focusing on the things that you can control right now, like your health, your wellness and even balancing your family and your profession and finances. I mean, gosh, that is the overall balance. Yes. And and honestly, I just thought about this and, and not everyone had this similar college experience. So if this doesn't relate to you, uh, my famous things, keep what you don't, leave what you don't. Um, and a lot of us in our early adulthood years are really redefining our health because depending on your college experience, maybe you went out and partied a little bit more than you wanted to or you enjoyed that time and you didn't focus on your health as much because you were focusing more on memories. Uh, I know Jordan always talks about memories over macros. So when you're in your <laughs> college years, sometimes you're focusing on those memories over macros, not everyone, but you're going out. Um, you're only in your college town for so long. Maybe you have your favorite food spot or your favorite bars that y'all go out to. And now that you're entering into those adulthood years, you're like, oh my goodness, some of that excessive partying is over. I need to focus on hydrating. I need to focus on proper nutrition and not 2 a.m. Taco Bell runs. And <laughs> we're not to say you can't do that in your adulthood years, but you're really spending that time redefining your relationship with food, redefining your relationship with health um, in the beginning. And so that is really setting you up for a new routine, just like with anything else. You're really focusing on that in your early adulthood years and deciding what's next for me? Do I want to lose weight or am I happy with where I am right now with maintaining? Would I love to move my body a little bit more or am I good to go? Those are really things that you start to think about as you come into your adulthood years. What is my relationship with my body and with the food? I agree because I think if maybe you hadn't established it, like you said, in your youthful years, or your college years or whatever it may have been, um, you know, whether you did or whether you didn't, as you become an adult, you start to question those again. Okay, is what I used to do still working for me? Or if I didn't do anything, what can I do now that's working for me? I truly believe that becoming an adult into your adult years, you're, this is the stage where you're going to want to set those things in place. So maybe you've built your foundation previously. Now is the time to keep building those, those stepping stones or those building blocks in this um, on top of that foundation that you've already laid. And so, yeah, I mean, just focusing on, you know, nutrition, exercise, you know, if you start getting in this exercise routine that you are comfortable with and you're happy with, I mean, you have to enjoy it too. You know what I mean? Then you're going to be able to keep continuing this, knowing that that's going to become more of a lifelong habit and it's going to follow you through beyond the adult stage as well. Yes. And one thing to, to also note is that when you're in your adult years, 
When it comes to wellness, this is the time where you start to think about establishing a family for some people. Um, and, and you're thinking about, okay, um, for us ladies out there, or even some of us, some of the gentlemen out there, because you want to look great on your wedding day. What do I want to look like on my wedding day? Do I want to lose some weight? Do I want to feel my best? Um, if we're starting our, a family, do I need to lose a little bit of weight so that I can feel comfortable carrying a child? Or even if I'm going the adoption route, am I comfortable with chasing around a little one? And you really start to think about these things in your adulthood stages. That's when life, um, as I like to say, starts starts lifing. <laughs> and you're really <laughs> having to figure out how your wellness is setting you up for your life. Are you in a stage where you can run around with your children? Are you in the stage where you would feel comfortable in a wedding dress or in a suit or in whatever the case may be? If you're in a stage of life where now your friends are getting married, do you feel comfortable attending all of these events? And you really start to think about that in the adulthood years. And that's why I think wellness becomes so prevalent in the adult stage. You think about it in your youth, going into college, you're thinking about it because everyone is going out and you want to look and feel your best. But really in those adult stages is when you're saying, this is for life. And I want to feel my best as I'm building a family, as I'm building a career, as I may be traveling, I want to feel comfortable. How do I make that happen? I think you're absolutely right, especially if maybe you are thinking about it in your youthful years. But when you get to be an adult and those experiences start happening, that's when you realize, oh, yeah, this is when I really should have already been working on it. Maybe this is where I need it. Um, I feel like I lost out on a little bit of my early adulthood years because I wasn't taking care of my health, because I had had my oldest daughter so young. And then I waited seven years and had my second daughter. And throughout those seven years, I was not at my healthiest. I was at my least healthy um, right after I gave birth to my second daughter. And being so unhealthy at that stage, and I mean unhealthy, like you know, just feeling down, feeling sick, feeling sluggish, not feeling the greatest mentally either as, mm -hmm. um, as well as physically. And I hate to look back on my old self and see how upset and sad I was. And I just wasn't present all the time. And I wish so badly I could have taken better care of myself so that I could have enjoyed those times more because I'm not going to get that time with my children back as small children and even in infants. And so if I could have done anything over, it would have been to take better care of my health then so I could have been better for them. Um, and that's not like a sob story or anything. Like I'm I'm so happy to be where I am today. <laughs> I love my children and my family to death. It's just, I realize now looking back that if I could have taken better care of my health, then I, I could have been much more present and happier. Yeah, you wouldn't you would have not been hiding behind everyone in photos. I I all of us, even those of you that are listening, I'm sure you have some photos where you just look back and and you're saying, "Wow, I was really masking the pain." Um <laughs> in my early adult years, I look back at photos and I I just I look at the photo and I'm transported back to a time where my skin felt tight, where it felt oily, where I didn't feel my best, where I couldn't breathe. And looking back on vacation photos and thinking, man, I just really wish that I could have been present in that vacation a little bit more. And and of course, you can always go back to those vacation spots and do it over again, but it's not the same. Um, but really thinking about, I wish I would have taken more better care of myself in my early adulthood years because... 
I, I just remember saying, oh, when I turned 29, that was the year of me. And, you know, it wasn't until I turned 29 that I decided to really get my my butt in the gear. And when I had my weight loss surgery and when I was able to lose the weight and start living, and I'm very thankful for it, but I always say, I wish I would have started sooner. And I know that there are people who are out there listening that are saying the same thing, even if you're still at the beginning of your journey and you have lost 10 pounds, which is not only 10 pounds, it is 10 pounds and it is amazing. But I'm sure you're thinking to yourself, I wish I would have started sooner, but we can't go back in time. We can't go back to our youth. We can't go back to our early adulthood years. All we can do is focus on the now in the future. And so the good thing is you've started. And how are you going to continue doing that through the next stages of life? Absolutely. And I don't regret for one second saying, you know, yes, I wish I would have started sooner um, because of my kids and whatnot. But I also would never take back these last three years in this health and wellness journey for myself. I am so very glad I started when I did. I'm so glad I didn't keep putting myself off until now um, because I wouldn't be where I am now if I would have just kept putting off and waiting and and waiting for the quote unquote right time. Um, It's funny that you mentioned pictures because yes, I very much hid behind my children in my pictures or anybody who was with me. And actually um, our community manager manager Jordan, he wanted a before and after picture of me because of course, you know, the healthy Instagram and Facebook page loves to post, you know, real life before and after pictures Mm -hmm. of us who have gone through this. And I'm looking through my pictures. I'm like, gosh, I don't have very many good before pictures because I'm hiding and all of this. (laughs) And, you know, not, not that there's anything good or bad about that. It's just, it's funny because it makes me realize like I was hiding. And I wish so badly that we could all go back to our past selves and say, there is nothing to be ashamed of because look at this growth. Look at how much you grew in this amount of time that it has taken you or whatever part of your journey you're still in. And I just, I don't know. It's its funny to sit back and look at how we used to feel and where we are now. Absolutely. And, and I also want everyone who's out there listening to know that no matter what time you start, whatever stage in life you are, you're starting at that stage because that's when the timing is right for you. There is no perfect timing. And even though we're talking about these different stages, I'm sure that a lot of us started this journey in our youth and we weren't ready. It wasn't the right time. And then we started this journey again in our early adulthood years and we weren't ready. The timing wasn't right. But at one point in our life, the timing aligned, our mindset was ready. It was time to kick our butts into gear. And that's when we were able to move forward. And so even if you didn't start in your early adulthood, if you didn't start in your youth, if you didn't start in that midlife time, if you're in your golden years, the timing was right for you in that moment. There's no such thing as good or bad timing. It's just when you're ready to actually move forward. Couldn't have said it better myself. You're absolutely right. Because if I would have kept trying to lose weight in my youthful years, um, I would have been crash dieting the entire time because I didn't have the knowledge to know how to do it the right way or the right the, the way that was right for me. I should say, because there are different ways for everybody and what works mm-hmm. for them. But I can tell you crash dieting wasn't working for me. And I can I can pretty much guarantee you it's not going to work for anybody long term. And so if I would have continued that with my youth, it just wouldn't have been the right time. And I know it wasn't the right time because I didn't have the knowledge of how it all worked. It took me waiting until I was in my late 20s to realize, oh, this is more sustainable. <laughs> now yes. I have knowledge to understand how it works. Yeah, the saying is definitely true. With age comes wisdom. And that's when you're able to decide that this journey is for you and you're ready and you understand 
what your body needs to make it happen. And I think that's what's the most important thing. Absolutely. Now, speaking of transitions, so we've transitioned from our youth into our adulthood, but what about midlife transitions? Um, Working in the healthy community and just seeing the weight loss and wellness community on social media in general, we see a lot of midlife aged people. I don't know how to say this correctly without like, if I'm not offending anybody, but to me, you know, midlife, we're getting maybe mid 40s, 50s, even 60s, getting into the maybe for women, the menopausal stage. Lots of things can happen in this stage of life that can be looked at as challenges or major setbacks. We've got shifts in our metabolism, especially at that menopausal age for women, um, hormonal changes, evolving family dynamics. Maybe your kids are having kids or starting to okay. have, maybe your kids are starting to have families now. Um, your kids are going off to college now, that kind of thing. And with all of this happening in your body and in your life and in your environment, we need these wellness strategies because, well, these wellness strategies are going to need adjustments. What we've been doing this entire time, no matter if we started 20 years ago or we started two days ago, you're going to have to make adjustments and accommodations for your body and your life at this stage because of these shifts. Um, Maybe you're going to have to change up the way that you've done activity before. Maybe you need things that are lighter on your joints or easy on your body. Uh, guys, I'm in my early 30s and I already need exercises easier on my joints. So uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't have to mean just midlife. You always need to be looking at changes if necessary. Maybe your body can't handle processed food like it used to. I know like you mentioned earlier, there's like 2 a.m. Taco Bell runs. Yeah, I think the second I hit 27, mm, no, Taco Bell yep. is not agreeing anymore. My body... <laughs> Could not eat, handle Taco Bell unless I already <laughs> planned on gaining like five pounds of like water and salt in my body. So my point is with this midlife transition, maybe your body isn't handling processed or other types of foods like it used to. So it's time to start looking at these shifts. It's time to be proactive in this stage of life. Yeah. And we talk about this in the member meetings as well with some some of our members that are a little bit more in this midlife stage that um, you really do have to adjust. And that's why there is no one size fits all when it comes to weight loss and wellness, because everyone is a little bit different. And maybe in this midlife stage, you're also at a point in your career where you've moved up to senior management. And so you are more sedentary at your job and you can't leave as much. And there's a lot of people that depend on you and it's more so, or maybe at this point, you're doing a lot of traveling um, for work. And so it's a lot of conference lunches or meals on planes and having to really adjust in this stage. Your metabolism slowing down, all of those things that you just touched on, all of those are factors. And it's different for every single person. Just because you hit that midlife stage doesn't mean that everyone has the same things going on. But it's really about finding strategies and tips and tricks. And I know it can get really frustrating because if you're someone who has been on a journey for a long time and you started in your youth or early adulthood, you're used to the weight coming off a lot faster. But as you get older and your your metabolism shifts and the food that you can handle shifts, the weight's going to come off a little bit slower because there's also a chance that you have a little bit less to lose. You are looking at a different goal weight or goal range and your body is not agreeing with that. And so you're pushing it to a limit that it's not ready to go to. And really in this stage, in this midlife stage, you're needing to reflect and readjust and figure out what are my actual goals here? Am I wanting to lose more weight because I told myself there was a certain number on the scale that I wanted to hit? 
Or am I wanting to lose more weight because I'm still not feeling my best? My joints aren't feeling good. I'm feeling bloated. I'm feeling sluggish. What are your motivations there? Because there could be a shift that needs to happen with your Mm -hmm. overall weight loss and wellness that isn't just about the number on the scale. So that's something to reevaluate in that midlife stage is knowing that you're not going to lose the weight as fast. So some strategies that other people are using are not going to work for you, but it doesn't mean that you're out of the game. It just means that you need to pivot and figure out what's working and what needs to work for your body in this stage of life. For all my friends, fans out there, she said pivot. I'm just like, pivot. You're so right. And I, you, you're so full of knowledge. I love it so much. I, it makes me want to have you guys set up a meeting for anybody who's on the member meetings and support group on Facebook and likes to go to Monica's meetings. I want to set up a meeting with you focused just on metabolism because I think people could get so much information out of that. I think that's one of the biggest things that happens in this midlife stage of life. When your metabolism starts to slow, it just makes it harder to lose weight. Your metabolism is like the engine that keeps this stuff going for your body. Mm -hmm. And when your metabolism slows, you know your body is just trying to hold on to what it can most of the time. And it's going to make it that much harder to lose weight. And it doesn't mean that you are doing anything wrong. It just means that this is part of your biological makeup. This is what happens as we age. And that as put like, you know, as well as hormones and whatnot. And also I wanted to touch on, I mentioned this is a stage of life um, of being proactive. This is the time when you want to be proactive in your health, especially going to the doctor, getting those screenings done. Um, because as we know, the older you get, sometimes the more things that come into play with your health and the more proactive you are at getting these things checked out, the better your outcome is probably going to be. I know thyroid can happen. Um, insulin levels can change, all that kind of stuff. And again, we are not doctors, but that's why we're saying the more proactive you are in going to your doctor or your medical um, care provider to get these things checked out, the easier it is going to be to stay on top of it so that you know what's happening with your body And then you know how to make that change or shift as needed. Yeah, because I hear so many people saying, I'm doing everything right. I'm eating Mm -hmm. the same way I've been eating for the past 20 years and the weight Mm -hmm. is no longer coming off. And it does come into play with the fact of, okay, go to your doctor and have them run some tests, do some health screenings. Maybe something has changed. And, um, you know, outside of just your metabolism slowing down, as we get older, and when I say this next thing, there will probably be some people that roll their eyes. Sometimes as they get, as people get older, you're not as hungry. And so you're not eating as much. And with that, you're also not moving your body as much. So if you're not moving your body, exercising a ton, then you're not eating as much as you would need to, to fuel your body to move forward. And so, and that's why I say people are probably on their eyes. They're like, Monica, I'm in my 50s or 60s and I still love my food. That doesn't mean (laughs) you don't love your food. I'm just saying that I've seen a lot of people as they get older, they also don't eat as much. And so that's what comes into the being proactive and planning is really planning your meals to make sure that they're full of good protein, good healthy fats, good carbs that are going to help bring energy to your body and keep you moving. Because that's why some of us are feeling sluggish as we get a little bit older, because you're no longer getting in the good healthy fats and the good carbs and all of those things. You're just eating whatever you want to eat. Also not doing 
your health screenings or eating similarly to how you've been doing for the past 20 years and your body needs a kickstart. Absolutely does. And a little side note that to that, just because I'm so passionate about that specific type of nutrition and working in the health community, uh, the healthy community and helping so many people with those kind of questions, we have that question come up a lot. People maybe on a bites plan are realizing I am not eating enough calories. They realize they're under eating. Maybe they're only getting eight or 900 a day, but they claim that they feel full. They're like, coach, I have no idea how to get more calories and I'm full. I feel like I'm full and I don't need to eat more food. My answer there is add more calories without adding a lot of food. And sometimes we were like, huh, <laughs> what? Uh-huh. And, and the answer to that is the things that you've learned to cut down on so many calories, start taking those away and adding some of some, not all, but some of the old things back in. Start cooking with a teaspoon or even a tablespoon of oil again instead of your your Pam cooking spray. You know, um, start using full fat cheese again instead of reduced fat cheese. Mm-hmm. Use um, whole grain, whole wheat bread instead of the thirty five calorie bread. There's little changes you can make here and there like that that is not adding more food to make you feel like you're eating too much food, but it's still adding in some extra calories that you may need to keep up your metabolism. Absolutely. I could go on and on about calories. I mean, (laughs) the members in my meetings, they're just like, this girl talks about calories all the time, but it's just so important. And that is not, I love all of the plans. I love them so much, but I really think it is important to take a look at your calories and to really understand that because I say this all the time, it doesn't matter what plan you're on, better balance, calorie command, carb conscious, sugar smart, whatever, you are in a calorie deficit. And how do you know what your calorie deficit is if you are not looking at your calories. You should only be in about a 500, um, like a 500 calorie deficit at any given time. And if you're not looking at those calories every once in the blue moon, you don't really know where you're sitting. So I'm not going to go off on that that. side tangent right (laughs) now, but that is the biggest thing that I tell people is that you should be aware of the things that you're consuming and really take a look at your calories every once in a while just to see where you stand. It's very important when it comes to your overall health and wellness. Absolutely. And and the last little side note we'll say to that, just because this podcast is from Healthy and many people wonder, okay, so what is the difference between bites and calories? And why would I choose bites over calories or calories over bites? And my answer always is, bites are there to help you make better choices. If you don't know what to eat, if you have no idea how to eat healthier, that's where bites come in. Bites are going to show you, oh, okay, this kind of bread is going to be better than that kind of bread, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Those bites are going to teach you how to eat healthier. The calories are going to show you how much of it you need to eat. That's all it is. And I I say that simply because it can be that simple, even though I know sometimes it's not. So that's basically the difference between bites and calories for those that maybe are wanting to look into knowing how to eat healthier. That's what the bite system is for. So Great explanation. (laughs) Yeah. Again, tangent, we will have to have a whole episode on bites and calories and macros. I promise guys, we will get to that if it's something you're interested in. Yes. But moving on. So we went through our youth, adult, and midlife stage. But what about those wonderful golden years? Um, These later stages of life, our wellness starts focusing on instead of before, like I said, we're being proactive or we're building that foundation. Now this wellness in our golden years starts focusing on preserving. We're preserving our mobility, our cognitive health, emotional well-being, 
You want to be sure that you're staying socially connected, engaging in activities, because I I know from seeing, especially like neighbors in my older family, sometimes you start to feel alone in how you think and how you feel. And so you want to engage in those activities that nurture your physical and mental health, because I think it's crucial to still feel included and wanted in that stage of life. Um, I also think it's a time for reflection and, you know, looking into that wisdom that comes with that age, everything that you have learned along the way and still continuing to use it. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I love my ladies and their member meetings that they're retired and, you know, they're really just in these meetings, sharing so much wisdom and knowledge. And like you said, wanting to feel included. It's very important to know that you can still work on your health and wellness, but maybe there's a shift here in this stage of life. You're really more so focusing on the mental aspect of it and hoping if you still want to lose some weight that that goes along with it. But really thinking about, I have come so far in my journey and I am in a healthy weight range and I'm okay with that. But now I want to share this wisdom with the next generation to make sure that they know it is okay that the number on the scale is not the end all be all. It's how you feel. It's how you interact. It's how you love. It's the community that you build and moving forward to get to a happier and healthier place in life. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know about you, but I I truly honestly love hearing those old stories that come from wisdom and experience and just so much time spent with other people in these experiences. Uh, I will never grow tired of hearing those experiences that I never would have got to see or hear or experience myself. Yeah, I love it. I'm I'm someone who I love to learn from people around me, older, younger, in between. It is just so important to me to um, to listen to people and their stories and to figure out how they've put this beautiful woven blanket together of all these facets of their life to make them the person that they are. And I think that's so important. And that's why I just love always inter, interlining my story into things because it's really important to see how people get to the place in life that they are. And you can always learn from people who are older than you um, and take take that knowledge and apply it to your own journey. You're absolutely right. So again, in those golden years, I, I can't really stress enough. I truly believe it's just about preserving everything that you've done in this life. And along with that, thinking about all these stages in our, you know, in our youth and we're building this foundation and then going through adulthood and really working on that balance with the family and careers and finances and whatnot. In your midlife, you are dealing with these shifts and maybe your hormones and metabolism and whatnot. All thinking about all of that together. Think of it as a lifelong learning throughout the stages you like, like you and I actually just mentioned, it's going to be about the importance of continuous learning. We are constantly learning about ourselves, about our bodies and our strategies and habits. And also, it's, I think I feel like it's important to be open to the new information. Um, sometimes not all of us are always open and welcoming <laughs> to to hearing. I know specifically, it makes me think of new mothers. Sometimes we don't need all this advice that's coming to us, but sometimes it's nice to open up and be open to new information that's coming at us. But also being sure that you're uh, able to adapt and evolve to these circumstances and these strategies and these different stages of life that we are going through. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in being a lifelong learner. That's probably why I continue to go back to college because I just can't stay my butt out of school. 
but it's really important to be a sponge and to always soak mm-hmm. up the things around you as the world changes and technology advances and new things come out in science. Some things that our parents or our grandparents were taught when it comes to weight loss and wellness are being disproven. And other things are coming out of, okay, you don't have to eat just low carb to lose weight. Carbs are not bad. Um, You know, you can eat high protein, but depending on your other health issues, you should watch out for the amount of protein that you're eating. It is a chance that you can be overhydrated if you're drinking too much water. Not everyone needs to drink a gallon of water a day. And so continuing <laughs> to learn these things and figuring out how they apply to you is what's the most important thing. And just continuing to be a sponge. Um, not not one person knows everything. And so just learning from the people around you and taking what you want, leaving what you don't and applying it to yourself. Can you say that? I just, I can't, I couldn't have said it better to myself. <laughs> I'm constantly learning too. I'm learning from you as we talk as well. There's absolutely nothing with constantly wanting to learn new things to better yourself, to better your health, to better your family and your environment and everything around you. So guys, as we wrap up this episode today, just remember, if you take anything away, be receptive and be adaptive to these different stages of life. Make sure you're being proactive and building these foundation, these building blocks for yourself because no matter what stage of life you're in, there's always something that can be done. You can always learn something and better your health. And with that, thanks Coach Monica for joining us. And I hope you all have a great week and we'll see you next time. See you next week.